0: Have you ever felt like a victim at work? Have you identified a perpetrator in the workplace? Feeling victimized is no fun, and I want to talk about that victim-perpetrator cycle right here on episode 48 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Nurse Keith Show. Thanks for being part of the Nurse Keith Nation. And yes, you're tuned into episode 48. I am very excited that you're here. And I have a lot to talk about today. As always, this podcast is all about you. It's about your nursing career. And I like to share information that will inspire you and help you take inspired action in the ways that will really serve your life and your career. Like I've said before, we've reached listeners on six continents. If you have any contacts down in Antarctica, I would love to reach that continent. So please let me know if you have a contact down there. I'm a member of the ProMed Network of Healthcare Podcasters at promednetwork.com. I'm also a member of the Pulse Media Network of Nurse Podcasters with Kevin Ross and the Innovative Nurse Show, Elizabeth Scala and the Your Next Shift Podcast and the venerable and wonderful RNFM Radio. Anyway, find me on iTunes. Please leave a review or rating on iTunes. It helps this podcast reach other people. Really, if you can leave a review or testimonial or just rate it with one to five stars, tell me you hate it, tell me you love it, tell me you kind of like it, really it helps. Please go over to iTunes, to the iTunes store, find The Nurse Keith Show, and leave a testimonial or rating. Thank you so much for doing that. Anyway, I'm also over on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, etc., etc. Definitely find me over there. The show notes for this episode, which you're definitely going to want to check out because there's going to be a lot of resources to read and look at and enjoy and make use of, will be at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 48. That's nursekeith.com forward slash episode 48. Anyway, let's dig into today's topic, which isn't really a fun one, as you could tell from the introduction, but it's important, and I have a bee in my bonnet about it right now, and we're going to get into it. So, folks, when we hear about victims, our minds often go to the news, like victims of domestic abuse, sexual assault, terrorist attacks, gun violence, political unrest, cyber attacks, identity theft... You name it, natural disasters, outbreaks of disease, there are victims all over the world every day. And yes, they are victims because horrible things happen to them. But if you're at work, if you're in the work environment and you feel like you're a victim of the system, or you're a victim of administration, or maybe you're the victim of your workplace culture, or maybe of an actual colleague, what do you do then? Some of you may have heard of my friend Renee Thompson. She's a doctorally prepared nurse, she's a national expert on bullying between nurses, and she travels all over the country teaching healthcare providers, including nurses, how to eradicate bullies and how to bully-proof workplaces, and how to remove bullies when they're entrenched in a particular facility or unit. Bullying in the workplace is a humongous problem, and among nurses, it is rampant. I don't understand why, I have some theories about it, but it's huge. So, bullying costs millions of dollars, and it has an impact on so many levels of nurses' lives that it has to be looked at. Meanwhile, my friend and colleague Susan Strauss is another highly educated Doctoral nurse who's an expert in bullying and harassment and discrimination. She comes from a slightly different angle than Renee, but between the two of them, they have a corner on how to deal with bullying in the workplace. Although Susan also deals with the academic institutions with schools, as well as GLBTQ violence and discrimination. So both of them are worth checking out. There'll be links to a lot of their resources in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 48. So feeling like a victim at work can be like a self-perpetuating cycle, especially if you see the perpetrator as the system, quote unquote, or some other entity that doesn't really have a form. Like maybe it's just those people in suits over in the other state where the healthcare system that you work for is housed. Maybe these are institutions or groups of people or even unnamed entities that you don't know personally, you can't see them, they don't really see you, but you feel like they exert a lot of power over your work life. And feeling victimized like that is, I guess you could say it's demoralizing because there's powerlessness that comes along with feeling that way, don't you think? I bet there's some of you out there listening to this show who do feel this way. So how do you fight faceless people? How do you fight a faceless institution, especially one that's housed maybe in a boardroom somewhere on the other side of the country? How do you convince those powers that be if you can't even see them or meet with them directly? How do you make them change their decision-making, change their policies, or change the workplace culture so that your job isn't made harder. It's actually made easier and more efficient. And I know a lot of you nurses can relate to this. And when you feel like you're the victim of an institution, mindset has a lot to do with it. So you've probably all sat in the break room with a bunch of nurses or gone out for a beer with your colleagues or sat in the boardroom or a meeting room at your home health agency or your community health center, and you sit there and gripe over coffee, or if you're at a bar, maybe gripe over margaritas, which sometimes makes the griping easier and more colorful, I have to admit, and that collusion between you all, yeah, administration's horrible, yeah, they make bad decisions, yeah, we're just victims of this faceless monster of a healthcare system, that can take root, and really disempower everyone individually and collectively. So sure, it's okay to get together and talk about the ways in which your workplace is messed up. But there's a point where you can't just sit there and gripe. You've got to take some action. I know unions get a bad rap in this country. Unions have been busted up for decades. They are always talked about, almost always, in pejorative terms. But Sometimes collective bargaining and organizing is the way that nurses have to fight back to get their jobs back, to get nurse-patient ratios back to normal, to get unfair labor practices straightened out and put back in your hands so that you have a safer workplace. Grievances sometimes have to be handled by collective bargaining. It's worked here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's worked all over the country. I know this is a very controversial issue, But it's something to think about. If you have a union, consider if it will serve your purposes. And if you don't have one, do you need to think about it? But other than unionizing, if you're feeling like a victim of the workplace, sometimes you have to take action in concert with your colleagues. If there are problems at your work, don't just complain about them. Document them. Create shared documents that you all can use to Write down the things that happen, the things that you see, especially things that you can quantify or substantiate. If you can use numbers, quantification, costs, etc., that will get the ears of those in power because if you hit them in their pocketbooks, they're more likely to listen. So if you can demonstrate that certain changes in your workplace will actually save money, improve that financial bottom line, Or maybe increase morale and decrease the attrition of nurses, because we all know how expensive and disruptive it is when nurses are leaving out of unhappiness and more nurses need to be onboarded. That's an expensive, difficult process and very disruptive to care. However else you want to spin it, if you can quantify that information, go for it. So when a group of people feel disempowered, when they feel victimized, yeah, you can cower in the corner and cry over your beer or cry over your coffee and complain about it, but sometimes you've got to get together, you've got to document, you've got to put information together, and you need to demand a seat at the table. It's been said, and you've probably heard this before, that if you don't have a seat at the table, you're probably going to end up on the menu, and victims are often on the menu of perpetrators. But What you have to do in these types of situations, and I'm not saying this is easy or fun, my friends. Sometimes you have to remove yourself from the smorgasbord. You have to demand a seat. You have to demand a place of power at the table. So sometimes you have to make a choice here. And if it's being on the menu and eaten alive or demanding a seat at the table and raising your voice, I recommend picking up that knife and fork and digging in. Now, let's switch away from institutional issues, and let's switch to individual issues. I mentioned Renee Thompson and Susan Strauss earlier. I'm going to mention them again here because I can't teach you everything they have to teach because they're such experts. They're so educated and erudite. You have to really reach out to them specifically. So they can come to your hospital as consultants. You can read their books Listen to their lectures, attend their workshops, read their blog posts, read their newsletters and get information that will empower you to make the right choices and take action, especially against bullies in the workplace. When we're talking about nurse bullying, nurse on nurse, what we call lateral violence or horizontal violence, action needs to be taken and... When your professional satisfaction and fulfillment are at risk because there's a bully on the unit, something's got to happen, friends. Something's got to give, and it shouldn't be you quitting. It should be that bully being removed from service. So yes, there's lots of resources out there. Please go to the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 48, and you'll see links to lots of stuff with Renee and Susan. They've both been guests on RNFM Radio. There's lots of ways to connect with them and hear what they have to say. So when we're talking about bullies, nurse bullies on the unit, if you're a witness to bullying, the bullying of another colleague, and you don't say anything or do anything, your silence can be seen and actually is complicity. So you're actually being part of the problem. I know bullies can be scary. You don't necessarily want to confront them. There are various ways to intervene. Renee and Susan are the ones who can teach you those ways to intervene. And it's very important to take action, whether in the background or in the foreground, if you're willing to go toe-to-toe with a bully, if you know how to do it right, and respond. Silence is complicity. You cannot be silent in the face of bullying. Another friend and colleague of mine, Beth Boynton, and there'll be links to her information in the show notes as well, She's a colleague who, she's an expert in teaching assertive communication skills to nurses and healthcare professionals all over the country. She uses improv and other skills to teach assertive communication. And when it comes to bullying, learning assertive communication is paramount. And both Beth, Susan, and Renee all have things to say about maximizing your communication to be as assertive as possible in the situations that call for such assertiveness. So we see out there in the nursing world, and a lot of you could corroborate this, that there's bullying by older, more seasoned nurses of the newer, younger nurses. And we've heard that nurses eat their young. And yes, that is often true. And it's a horrible thing. And we're working to change that zeitgeist in the nursing community. But it's an uphill battle. However, we're also having reports these days of younger, newer nurses who are bullying older nurses. They see the older nurses being not tech-savvy enough, too slow, too men- not mentally sharp enough, not 21st century enough, not tech-savvy enough, and they're bullying them out of their positions. I've actually heard from older nurses who've been in this position, and I've heard from Renee Thompson and others that... This is being reported. So bullying goes across generations and it also goes across professions. We have physicians bullying nurses. We have nurses bullying interns. We have physicians bullying other physicians and other colleagues like PTs, SLPs, respiratory therapists, etc. It has to stop. It happens. And when you see it, you need to take action. When we talk about not being a victim, Remember what I mentioned about not necessarily just colluding over your victimhood with others. Yes, that can help in the moment, but it doesn't help the bigger picture if it doesn't result in action. So when push comes to shove, collective misery should actually lead to collective action. So let's say there's a nurse bully on your unit, and that bully needs to be taken down. You need to take her out. She needs to be ousted from your entire facility so that you all can go on with your lives and be much happier at work. Remember, a lot of bullies thrive on conflict. So like I said, unless you have nerves of steel, you have a thick emotional coat of armor, and you actually have learned how to confront a bully verbally, assertively, consider other methods to help take that bully down. If you can't go toe-to-toe, there are other ways to do it. So yes, documentation, just like we talked about earlier, documentation of what a bully has done is definitely important, and everyone can get in on this documentation so that you can present it to your supervisors, managers, and administrators to let them know what's going on. Now, here in New Mexico, it's actually legal to record a conversation surreptitiously without the other party knowing that you're recording it. Now, in other states, it is not legal. So if you'd like to use your smartphone to surreptitiously record conversations with the bully or things the bully is saying to other nurses, make sure that it's legal to do so in your state. I am not recommending doing so unless you know you can actually do it and use those recordings as evidence. Here in New Mexico, we can do it, but in many other states, it's not legal. So look into that if you want to get that sort of documentation. Failing that, time, date, witnesses, signatures, etc., document them in writing. Make sure you understand that the documentation of bullying behavior is paramount because that's one way you can undermine the bully by getting documentation powerful quantified, qualified documentation and witness corroboration that you can take to administration so that that bully can legally be fired and removed from the facility. So yeah, a bully needs his or her butt kicked. And sometimes you can do it through direct confrontation, but generally you're going to have to do it through other channels. So remember that there are resources out there to learn that assertive communication and to learn the documentation strategies like Renee teaches for making sure that bully gets taken down. So if you're feeling like a victim to an individual, you need to take action to turn your victimhood into victory, just like if you're feeling victimized by the system or the facility or those people in suits that you never see. Sometimes you have to confront administration with documentation. Sometimes you have to join a union. And you know what? Sometimes when you feel like you're a victim of a particular environment or culture, sometimes, yes, you do have to quit. And I recommend checking out episode 44 of The Nurse Keith Show. It's called Should You Stay or Should You Go? There's a great Clash video in there, by the way, in the show notes. And yes, sometimes you have to grab a parachute and you've got to jump ship. It's just not possible. Jump in the lifeboat and and get out of there. But sometimes... If you're dedicated enough to that workplace and you see that there's the possibility of change, sometimes it's worth fighting the good fight to do so. So remember, my friends, you can be the unwitting victim of a car accident. You can be involved, God forbid, in a natural disaster or a terrorist attack. But these types of traumatic life events need a different type of approach, a psycho-emotional approach, then when you're the perceived victim of an individual, say, at the workplace, or you feel like you're the victim of an institution, your victim mentality might be getting in your way. Your victim mentality might be keeping you down, keeping you disempowered, and making you feel like you just have no choice, that your power's been stripped away, and that there's just nothing you can do. You need to put your nose to the grindstone and grin and bear it. You know, You don't need to suffer, my friends, and if you have been victimized at work to an extent that it's really impacted your mental and emotional or spiritual health or your physical health, you need to get counseling or psychotherapy to help counteract that. And I'm not kidding here. I have recommended many of my coaching clients get into counseling or psychotherapy or at least therapy or counseling with their faith leader. Because sometimes we just need that extra support, especially professionally trained, licensed support to help us through those really tough times and those tough feelings. So, if you're feeling like that victim mentality has really undermined you and you've really been injured emotionally or spiritually or psychologically, please seek the help you need. So, remember, nurses, you're powerful, you have a voice, you have critical thinking skills. You have assertiveness skills. You have a keen intellect. You have the emotional intelligence. You can develop the emotional intelligence, the EQ, to counteract perpetrators and fight against the injustice you see in your workplace. You can tell I'm very passionate about this because, you know what, I want you to be happy at work. Sometimes you can change the zeitgeist in your workplace and make it the place you want it to be. Like I said earlier, sometimes you need to grab that parachute jump in the lifeboat and get the heck out of there. So it really depends on the situation and where you're at in your life and in your career. So whether it's individuals, facilities, groups, rules, regulations, whatever it is that's standing in your way, whatever it's hindering your creativity, your productivity, your happiness at work and in your career, take inspired action to make some change happen. So you're powerful, my friends. Rise out of victimhood into victory. Reach out to me if you need another pep talk, if you want to chat with me about what's going on at work. And remember, if you're really having a hard time, psychotherapy or counseling is highly recommended. I want you to feel inspired. I want you to take an inspired action. And I want you to reach out to me if you need some help or advice. So, The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by the wonderful, amazing James Larson. Social media and promotion are handled by the incredible Mark Cappiespeason. I'm so grateful to my team. Find me on iTunes. Remember to post that review. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Reach out to me out there. I'm on LinkedIn as well. And you know what? You can leave me a voicemail right from my website. Click on the left-hand margin in the bright red banner, and you can leave me a voicemail, ask a question. I can even play your question to the other listeners on the show if you like. Stay positive. Care for yourself and others. Take those inspired actions. Reach out to me when you need me. And tune in again as we continue to explore how to make your career rich, exciting, fun, fulfilling, satisfying. And if you need my help... You know where to find me at nursekeith.com. Be well, folks. Dig deep. Keep in touch. And adios till next time.